0: s.co and use my code divine healing by d to sign up and find sponsors that's Co. referral code divine healing by d good luck hey guys welcome back to divine healing by d This is an episode for the ladies. Gentlemen, come back next week. I don't think you want to hear about this. (laughs) I have Amy Williams on. She is a period and fertility coach and also a reflexologist. We're going to talk about um, our menstrual cycles, how to connect it to the moon. Something interesting that I've been wanting to talk about. And I'm really glad that I found her and I'm really glad that she took the time sit with me and explain this all to me because this is fairly new to me and I've spoken to a bunch of healers recently and they've kind of like been dipping their feet into this pool also like about learning about it so I think it's going to be really helpful for them as well when they're listening and for me and for all the other women here that are listening so
1: here she is I hope you enjoy it. I'm Amy Williams. I'm a period and fertility coach and cyclical living coach and I'm here today to talk to Davina about cyclical living through the moon cycles and through your menstrual cycle. Um, I come from England and I'm a mum of two kids and I'm also a clinical reflexologist.
0: That was really cool because I'm a big fan of uh, reflexology and you're, you have a special t- you specialize in a special type of reflexology. Can you tell me more about that?
1: Yeah, so um, I do all sorts of reflexology. Mm-hmm. I am a general reflexologist too, but I have a specialism in menstrual and reproductive health and I'm a member of the Association of Reproductive Reflexologists.
0: So I help people have babies. (laughs) That's amazing. What do you think is the one common, uh, I don't want to say ailments, but main reason why a lot of women who are fairly young are having problems with conceiving?
1: I guess that depends if we're talking about on a physical level or an emotional level or a spiritual level, doesn't it? All three, I guess. Uh, Yeah, I know. All three have massive implications and, and, Perhaps we can't even divide them. I mean, if we're talking on a physical level, Mm -hmm. our lifestyles do not lend to it. Um, You know, we have high stress lifestyles with junk food Mm -hmm. and sleepless nights and not very good circadian rhythms because we live in this always illuminated world. And our menstrual cycles get affected by that massively. Um, So that on a physical level, definitely. On an emotional level, we spend a good proportion of our early lives trying not to get pregnant and telling our bodies, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant. Dear God, please don't get pregnant. (laughs) And then suddenly we ask it to switch. And that's probably a very difficult shift. And we're also conditioned to be quite selfish. And when you become a mother, you entirely overthrow who you are in some way um you you redefine who who you are and what that means and it's a very selfless act mm-hmm. to become a mother and i think on some level we're all scared of that um i'm saying that as a mom myself mm. and then on a spiritual level there could be all sorts of um stuff going on within your sacral chakra mm-hmm. um, old hurts and and wounds within that space to do with your sexuality to do with your creative outlets to do with how you feel you've been treated as a woman or your place as a woman in society and of course if, if you're so inclined you know things like reincarnated yes. issues as well so you know if we're talking on a holistic Plane, we we are talking about all of that coming together. There's a lot of stuff. (laughs) It isn't. It's so interesting
0: because I have worked with some people who have had issues with conceiving, and whenever I work on them, I sense, especially when I am on the pelvic area around the womb, I sense so much. I know that it's like a past life issue that they brought into this life, and a lot of people don't understand how that really can affect you now with conceiving. And if you just speak to somebody and you talk to somebody about it and get that healing done, it could make strides in trying to get pregnant.
1: Yeah, and obviously, it's not something that everyone would relate to. You know, some people, you would mention that and they'd just kind of stare at you as if you were mad. Absolutely. But for other people, it makes loads of sense. And, you know, obviously, if we're lightworkers working with people in this way, then you'd hope that they'd be attracted to us because it makes sense to them. So
0: Exactly. And that's what I found. The more that I work with these people, the people that are open, the more that they are willing to spread this to other people. And even if they're not as open, like they'll become more open through their friends and through family members who experience this kind of healing so it's really nice to also just watch that have you enjoyed like watching that with your uh, clients like one person just tells another person of how you've impacted them and it just goes from there
1: yeah although sometimes that uh, Chinese whispers thing happens and before you know it you've kind of miraculously done something in three seconds without any effort from anybody and and the expectation becomes massive. So sometimes there is a an element of um, oh gosh, uh, how do I manage expectations? Right. Here? Um, you know, you know what you did to her. I want that, but I want it quicker.
0: <laughs> right, but yeah, that's when you say everybody is different. Everybody has different
1: yeah, issues. Yeah, exactly, and it is it is a journey, and mm-hmm. everyone's journey is so different. And yeah, if it's a case of perhaps you're healing old stuff there has to be a willingness to take ownership of that because a healer doesn't do the healing. Absolutely. The healer facilitates that and allows it to perhaps start or uh, creates a space where it can start, but it's, it's the individual. And some people want to be healed but don't want to take that ownership. But healing happens when we take the ownership.
0: Absolutely. I say that to all my clients as well. What brought you to this path? Did you always want to do this? Like, how did you find this? Did it find you?
2: Um,
1: well, in terms of working, working, with mens- and correct. And things, yes. Yeah, that kind of found me. I'd say I was pretty resistant at first, actually. Um, so I was always brought up in a spiritual family. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom is a spiritual healer. Amazing. My uncle is. Um, brought up, it, we, when i was six we moved to a house that was really haunted and uh, my parents had to spend about a year trying to just help move all the spirits on so i've been brought up in this spiritual world entirely this is where i'm comfortable um but in terms of working with menstrual and reproductive health mm-hmm. it's funny because people always ask me my own story i don't have a story i i don't have menstrual health issues thank goodness and i didn't have yeah and i didn't have fertility issues so i'm not coming to this with that kind of I went through it I want to help others journey Mm -hmm. what happened is I became a clinical reflexologist and I was getting women through the door for things that weren't to do with this actually first of all just things like I don't know a shoulder pain or Mm -hmm. migraines that can, can be related or sciatica or whatever and as a holistic therapist you know you ask questions about everything so I was asking about menstrual cycles and I was asking people you know how is your menstrual cycle and they were kind of go oh it's normal and I was just writing down normal Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then I was starting to think I don't really know what that means and so I asked more in-depth questions and then people started telling me about oh it's normal and then they were telling me about this pain and they were telling me about this heavy bleeding and they were telling me about bleeding that didn't stop for weeks on end. And they were calling that normal disturbed. Me too. I was like, why is this considered normal? Oh, because my mum has it or my sister Mm. has it, therefore it's normal. And then I started to I went and I did a talk at an endometriosis support group about reflexology. Mm -hmm. And the lady who ran that Became one of my. She's she's like my most one of my most regular clients now. This was a few years ago, and she's a good friend now. And um, she was like, "Oh my gosh, you really should, you know, get specialised in all of this." And I was so resistant because to me, it was something I didn't really want to embrace. It wasn't something that excited me. It kind of grossed me out. <laughs> Interesting. <was laughs> something I avoided. And I was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) But then it just became this snowball effect where more and more people were coming to me with more and more menstrual health issues and more and more fertility issues. And the more I got into it, the more I got fascinated, the more I became interested. And the more I realized, actually, beyond anything that I thought this is something that really is sparking something in me. And I think as well, at the same time, I came to realize that the sacral chakra space within a woman's body is so important. Mm,
0: absolutely. Her
1: identity herself, sense of self-worth, her value that she gives herself, how she communicates. And I realized that for a woman... This chakra has this ability to resonate across all the other chakra points, because when it is out of balance, it's almost like I kind of think of it like this, um, like low rumbling um, earthquake that has this ripple effect across everything else. And so as it ripples out, it's rippling towards the solar plexus. It's rippling towards the heart chakra. It's rippling up towards the throat chakra, down to the root chakra. Everything is getting affected. And everything is getting to the point where this woman's not communicating. This woman has no self-worth. This woman isn't able to put herself forward and express herself. And you start thinking, where's that Mm -hmm. coming from? is coming from her sense of herself as a woman and her relationship with herself as a woman and i don't know why really entirely but suddenly and very quickly this became a passion and it became something that i just couldn't let go of it it's become something that to me is the beginning of all female empowerment and and i strongly feel that if women were able to connect this more for themselves, that they would become such stronger and much more um, powerful versions of themselves, like to the point they wouldn't recognize themselves, but in a wonderful way.
0: That's amazing. So that leads to the menstrual cycle empowerment that you offer the coaching for,
1: right? Yeah, and so that's where I led to that because I started to think, okay, well, I'm doing lots of stuff on the physical plane and as much as I'm kind of doing some sh- chakra work I do Reiki as Great. well so i was doing that with that and I do um, energy work through the feet through the reflexology work as much as the kind of manipulation of reflex points I also do energy work with that and I was just thinking it's not enough There's not enough for me at the spiritual level I'm very much here on this physical level and I'm wanting to go somewhere else with this so I kind of thought There's something in the back of my mind that I already have that I'm just not tapping into. And I looked through my bookcase because I have all these books on this topic and some of them are very scientific and some of them are much more holistic. And I went through them again. I just sat down one day and I went through all my books and I was like, I've read all this (laughs) and somehow it didn't resonate at the time, but it does now. And it was all of this. And I've got like five books that were telling me about it and I didn't listen. And I was like, how did I not pay attention? It wasn't the time, I guess. (laughs) It wasn't the time. I was on my own journey and I had to get there. And I had to get there my own way. But yeah, and now it makes sense to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to tell everyone. And I've got to remember that I didn't listen. So I can't expect everyone to. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing how a lot of people are not aware
0: how... We we have like menstruation issues. No one really wants to talk about it. It's just yeah. something that people say. Oh well, just like you were saying. Well, my mom isn't normal. I shouldn't be normal. I've never been normal. What's the big deal? But what is normal exactly? Because I feel like no one really no. knows what normal is. What's normal? Well, normal is an annoying word. <laughs>
1: right. Actually, normal has more than one meaning. So our language isn't helping. Exactly. Us normal. Can- things it can mean what's healthy Mm -hmm. or it can mean what everyone else has because like you get 10 people in a room right and it's the average of their situation is normal but what if their situation is warped so exactly (laughs) um this is where we have the problem so a healthy cycle Mm. shouldn't be painful and i tell people that and they're horrified they're like you're joking. <laughs>
0: exactly. Periods
1: are meant to be painful. They're meant to be. You're meant to be there with a hot water bottle and taking tablets and you're meant to be kind of in the fetal position. Right. Screaming for your life. Being, yeah. Yeah. Eating chocolate by, you know, the bar. Um, and it's not meant to be like that. Interesting. Because, why? <laughs> because why would your body create a situation where you can't function for a week out of each month? It wouldn't. So... Uh, I could, yeah a little bit of pain where perhaps you take a paracetamol you can get on with the rest of your day mm-hmm. um, but you know we're talking very low level cramps we're not talking about anything that stops you getting on with things if you are in any way debilitated by the pain if you're struggling to get through your day then something's going on there it shouldn't be really heavy If you are having a cycle that is over 85 milliliters, I don't know what that is in Imperial. I'm sorry. That's okay. No worries. I'll look that up later. (laughs) Google it. If you're having a period that is over 85 milliliters, then this is what's considered a clinically heavy bleed. Like in every
0: hour changing your sanity, like that, we could say,
1: right? Yeah, or having to have like the really heavy-duty pads, right. like even night pads a day, where you wake up and there's flooding all over your bed. Where if you going on and on for days as well, you know it shouldn't last. A healthy period should be around three to five days. Right. If it's any more than seven days, I mean, if it's up to seven days, it's kind of okay. But if it's if it's heavy and it's seven days, that's, that's not, okay, not okay. You know, right. but this relative sense there of you know what's normal. Also, on the other flip side, you know, people think they are onto a win if they have a really scanty bleed, but health-wise, that's not a good sign. It's probably indicating that you've got some um, nutritional imbalances going on there. So uh, a bleed any less than 35 milliliters, what we would consider something that's just really not much there, that's not healthy either. How about Um, clotting? so little clots are okay. Mm. Um if you think of like a dime in your in your currency, anything bigger than that isn't great. If it's one here and there that's not the end mm. of the world, if it's happening a lot and there's a lot of clots, then you need to be thinking about that because what that is is that your body is probably bleeding quite a lot and it the body is um it produces a decoagulant when you're when you're menstruating. Mm-hmm. And what's happening there is it's bleeding so fast that it actually can't keep up with the decoagulant. And so it's actually an indication that it's really heavy bleeding. And also what can happen is sometimes the tissue doesn't break down enough. And actually you can get even kind of clumps of endometrial tissue coming out. Which isn't broken down, um, so that can be an issue too. So, um, and often that happens when someone has got an oestrogen dominance. Uh, there's a lot of oestrogen, more oestrogen perhaps than they should have. Uh, usually, people who have that have pain, mm-hmm. um, and usually there's something else going on. It might be that there's polyps or fibroids. Cysts tend to be painful, uh, but they might, they may or may not come with heavy bleeding the reason being is this estrogen issue Mm -hmm. so cysts come with extra estrogen right so if you're if you've got excess estrogen you're more likely to have cysts if you've got excess estrogen you're more likely to have heavy bleeding so it's not that one causes the other it's just that they're both caused by the same source of an issue um so yeah you're more likely to have a thickened endometrium which causes heavy bleeding but you're also more likely to have cysts with um high estrogen or you're more likely to have fibroids with high estrogen, which leads to heavy bleeding too. So the, the issue is not the symptom. The symptom is the thing you have to deal yeah. with. But the issue is the estrogen. Um, the same with something like PMS. Yeah. The issue actually isn't the PMS. The issue is the fact that your progesterone levels are all over the shot. So um the problem is as we throw the contraceptive pill or the coil or the implant or whatever women to deal with these issues they're not dealing with them they're just masking them and that issue is always there because the issue is not the symptom that you're dealing with it's it's whatever causing the problem and usually it's something to do with diet to do with epigenetics to do with lifestyle factors and those need looking at i'm learning so much today wow Thank you. <laughs> Every day is a school
0: day. Every day is a school day. That's something I wanted to ask. Can you help get rid of PMS?
1: Yeah, you can. Yeah, totally. So um, there's two things there. I mean, PMS, when you're talking PMS, obviously some people have PMDD, mm-hmm. which is much bigger yes. syndrome. It's much more complicated. Um, that would need a lot of work with probably even a, a naturopath rather than a period coach i would say because it's it's like a whole massive every part of yourself change. i agree yes pms um, you can deal with definitely through su- supplementation and diet um and 100 percent, 100
0: 100 good good to know so what is cyclical living could you explain what you like one Could you explain, like, a a session with somebody how you go about it?
1: So, cyclical living is living your life in synchronicity with the cycle. Mm -hmm. So, it could be your cycle, as in your menstrual cycle, or it could be the phases of the moon, or it could be both. So, some people don't bleed anymore, so they would look at the moon. Some people do bleed, and they would only look at the menstrual cycle, but really, the best is to do both. Mm -hmm. Um, So... The way that I work is I do coach them separately because I kind of think it's a lot to take in to do both at once. I agree. <laughs> so I, I, I coach to do one and then layer the other one on top. Um, so do one, then learn the other one and then figure out how to get them together in your life. Because um, although we say about, you know, cycles synchronizing with the moon, most women's cycles don't synchronize with the moon. Um So, yes, it's a coaching session. Basically, if we're talking menstrual Mm -hmm. cycles, just for a second, because that's what we're talking about in a minute. Um, I do 12 sessions with a person to start off with. That's three, approximately three menstrual cycles. Mm -hmm. And I do that on purpose because it takes one cycle to even get to grips with kind of what's going on. 100%. Yes, I agree. And just spending that time to just kind of tap into it and look at your cycle from a completely different language. It's a language that you learn. You learn to read the language of your menstrual cycle. And then we go through the next few cycles. Well, the the second cycle we go through, basically what we've learned in the first cycle, we start analyzing it. We learn how to analyze what we've collected and what we've seen. And then we pull out stuff that we can heal and work on. And then the third cycle is when I teach you to use it yourself and to implement it yourself in a much more um, independent way. Because I don't want it to be that someone has to depend on me oh, as much as financially that we do right. think It's not, that's not what coaching is about. It's about someone who learns to do it themselves. Um, so that's kind of it in a nutshell. But what is it? Um, So each phase of the cycle, we have four phases in our cycle, Mm -hmm. and these phases are physical and emotional and spiritual. They're completely holistic. So the first phase of menstrual cycle is your bleed. People always think it's the last, it's not the first. And day one of your cycle, medically speaking, is the first day of your bleed. And, And in terms of this, it's also the same. And This is your inward time. This is a reflection. It's an inward space where we go and retreat from the rest of the world. And we relate it to winter because in the seasons, which is a cycle of itself, winter is about that hibernation. It's about the trees being dormant. And it's a quiet time, a darker time if you live in the Northern Hemisphere like I do. And um, so this quiet time offers us space and it's a really important space because it's a space for us to focus entirely on ourselves but not in a selfish kind of way but in a sense of healing and self-compassion and when we focus entirely on ourselves and we retreat from the world so we're not distracted by everything that's going on around us we create space to allow intuitive thinking and thoughts to come in so we can use that really powerfully because what we can do, we call it bleeding on it, where we go into a bleed with a a question from the universe Mm. and we ask the universe to support us during our bleed to offer us insight and we just let that go. And then you go into your bleed and if you treat your bleed reverently as a sacred thing, because it is, because this is your time that you are completely connected with your sacral chakra space, and the divine feminine, then you go into that and you allow that space for you to connect with the universe, then the universe will answer your questions for you with dropped in thoughts, signs and clues, and just knowing and knowledge within your heart. And then we go into what medically speaking is the follicular phase, where you start creating these little follicles on your ovaries. But in this sense, we call it spring. And spring is that reemergence. So we've been, re- we've retreated. We're in the wilderness sort of winter, and we're alone in that space. And then spring is about us coming out. Think of the little spring bulbs, the daffodils and crocuses, kind of emerging. I love this. Little, the little animals coming out from hibernation, and this is us. And we're slowly emerging into this world where we have demands on us and we have expectations put on us and we have things we have to do. And we slowly emerge into this space and we reinteract with others, but we come out with this completely different sense of ourselves because we know who we are a little bit more. We're much more connected with ourselves. We have got answers from the universe about things that we have been thinking about. And we come out with a real a different quality to ourselves and we have to find a new way of connecting and a new way of communicating and find our new presence in the world and if we rush into that we lose it because if we rush in we'll just go back to what we were before so this time is this re-emergence and it's so important that we maintain this connection with our spiritual self that we've discovered in winter and we use this time to be creative, experimental, and plan because this is the time that we're going to use to keep that connection, but to use it to think forwards. Because next comes ovulation periods, which in ovulation is a moment; it's when the egg pops out. But in terms of uh, cyclical living, it can be yeah. several days, or it can be a week or so. It, it's longer. And that is our time of complete engagement. This is when we're most extroverted. Yes, I was (laughs) going to also ask that. that Biologically speaking, it's all about sex. And so we're most confident and we're most capable of connecting with other people because biologically that's what we want to do. And it's when we're at our most um, energetic. And this is when we get stuff done. You know, this is the time where we would plan in our diaries to to go public speaking and to perhaps, I don't know, negotiate a contract or whatever else, because this is the time when we are on it. And, you know, everything is amazing. It's kind of a party time. It's, It's, you know, the complete antithesis of, the winter because it's not about Coming out at all. it's Completely about connecting with everyone Here I am, this is me, and you know, kind of well, I don't care what you think, because I'm me kind of attitude. And you have the least um inhibitions at this time. And then we get to the pre-menstruum which we mm-hmm. all know of as with PMS and all that sort of thing. And people see it as really negative, but let me tell you, we call it the autumn. Autumn is so powerful because it's kind of like you were in this hedonistic space of summer and now you've got to retreat back to winter and you've got to start thinking about creating your little hibernating nest and what you're going to bring in keeps us and what you're going to leave behind. What are you going to keeps us humble it also what it does is it, if you think of autumn yeah. and autumnal trees mm. what do they do they shed their uh. leaves they get rid of it. so we get rid of anything that doesn't serve us anymore and we redefine our boundaries and we kind of look at life and we go "Hmm, I don't mind that <laughs> you're annoying me <laughs> that's irritating me and if I see you later <laughs> you'll have a slap <laughs> So what what is that message? It's not necessarily Mm -hmm. that that person has anything wrong with them. That person might be fine. It's it's behind that there is a message. And it's about reading. And I said about language. It's about understanding the language of your premenstruum. Understanding why it is that there are issues that are flagging up. And what those issues really are. Because unfortunately, the method of communication is a little bit warped. (laughs) So... If you read it on a surface level, it can mean something quite different to the true meaning behind it. But an example would be that you get irritated with your <laughs> kids and your husband in that time. They've done nothing wrong. What you're saying is, in my life, I need to have some more space for myself. Right. It's not saying I want to divorce my husband. If not then <laughs> I'm going to leave my kids behind. It's saying, do you know what? I've just not got enough space for myself right now. And maybe I need to bring that in a bit somewhere in my life that something that's just for me, some time each day or each week that's just my time. And then if that was brought in, maybe people wouldn't irritate you. as much. self-care time. So, you know, self-care and it's about that reflection on how's this month gone? How's it gone? Did I carry on and work towards what my dropped in thoughts and my intuition was telling me in my winter or did I ignore that? Did I rest sufficiently in the winter so that I have energy now? Or am I burning out now because actually I didn't give myself that rest time and now I'm on borrowed time. So it's it's really kind of like um, a report card of how things are going. And we can ignore it and we can kind of get a bit critical and go, oh, God, you know, bloody PMS. Or we can go, actually, this is really helpful because it's given me information and that information is going to feed me useful insights into what I'm going to do next. And then we start the process again because we go into our winter with all those thoughts and those ideas and we ask for those intuitive thoughts and those intuitive messages to come forward to help us with them. And we go into the winter with reflection on these things and then what's really important comes through. And the idea is that we act on these things and that we change things in our lives so that we are more content, more happy, and that we are living our life in alignment. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, of what we, do is ignore I was we don't rest. Uh, we don't no one rests anyway. And no. um we don't pay attention to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We maybe we pop pills to stop ourselves having these expressions of emotion. Um but yeah that's what it's kind of about and the moon cycle one's kind of the same it's not the same it's not exactly the same but it's a feedback system in a similar way so it's a sense of setting intentions and manifestations and then um kind of looking for signs from the universe that are going to support those and following the flow of alignment to the universe to the point of the full moon and then the full moon is that kind of a bit like that autumn time really because and the full moon acts like this big spotlight. How did you know I was going to ask like everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh. We're, we're at one now, aren't we? Yes. So tonight. And, um, and you'll probably play this later, but if anyone's listening, tonight is the 30th of November, which is the full beaver moon. And um, basically this huge spotlight is shining on us. And what it's doing is it's saying, okay, if something's good, you're going to think it's amazing. But if something's a bit rubbish, you're going to be like, oh, my God, that's awful. (laughs) There's no hiding from the emotion you'll have on something. It'll be full on yes or full on no. And that's such useful information. And it can be hard. Like, it can be really hard. Because if you're going through something in your life at that time that's not great, it will feel awful, Or if you're angry or, you know, any negative, as we call them, emotions coming forward will feel massive. But, you know, also the other side, the flip side, is anything good is going to feel amazing. Um, And it's just information that we can use. If we see it as information that's going to inform us and guide us, then anything is positive because the negative stuff is useful. We can use it. It's helpful. So we can say thank you for it. And then we move into this waning moon phase afterwards where it's all about gratitude first and then it's about healing and it's um, about forgiveness for oneself and others and the balsamic moon, which is that last little crescent before the new moon. Balsam means soothing, it means healing, it's all about healing and then we go into the dark moon which is that deep intuitive time of retreat and quiet and rest just like the winter of our bleed to get all those insights to then create affirmations to move into the next cycle and so the moon cycle one is more about uh, connecting with affirmations, connecting with what we want in the world and that kind of external world so how we interact with the external world but the the menstrual cycle is about us and our inner selves and how we connect with ourselves so it's kind of two slightly different things i read somewhere working. that women there are
0: two different kinds of women one who's connected to the white moon and then another one who's connected to the blood or red moon am i saying this correctly Yes. Sir.
1: yeah you are so it's all about when you bleed so it's whether you bleed at the full moon or the new moon now um, I kind of get that So the idea is that we're meant to bleed at the new moon and we're meant to ovulate at the full moon and it is said that in cultures where they don't have this 24 hours a day you know electric lights and all of that business and they live with circadian rhythms that are more natural that they bleed in that way But we, as a culture, don't because we've messed ourselves up. Um, But, I mean, (laughs) I don't lead with either moon. (laughs) My cycle is not 29 days, and so it doesn't follow the moon. You know, my my cycle Uh is um, 32 days, so it moves all the time. Um, Thereabouts, it's not every month slightly different sometimes. Um, And... You know, so one month it might be that I bleed with the interesting. Gibberish. Okay, so <laughs> oh, that's still considered normal waxing crescent. So. so, in terms of a spiritual sense of self, one would hope that one would connect in that same way because ancestrally we bled with the moon. I think that it's putting a lot of pressure on yourself if you live in a you know a modern Western world to expect that to happen because unless you're able to live in such a way that you can fully connect with nature and avoid all the stuff that pollutes our cycle it's not necessarily going to happen I mean if you're lucky and you do then that's fantastic but we can't force these things Um, and I think epigenetically in terms of things Mm have been handed down as well through generations you know you're you're carrying your mother you're carrying your grandmother and so forth so you know let's not be ourselves about something like that the only thing is is if you Mm -hmm. bleed with the new moon it feels better so when i have bled with the new moon things have felt more in flow because if you imagine like the opposite where you're bleeding with the full moon so your cycle is asking you to retreat, but the moon is asking you to be totally engaged. I see. Or the other way around, like your your the moon's asking you to retreat, but your cycle's asking you to be fully engaged. So it can feel a bit like it's friction, or you're swimming up river a bit. Um, so it's definitely it's definitely easier if you do bleed with the moon, but. Yeah, I, I and think what I are like the common things day. that
0: maybe delay our period like a day or two, or even make it start a little bit earlier? Is that like stress, maybe a new diet? I feel like a lot of women during the lockdown, during Corona, their periods were delayed from yes. the stress, right? Diet, right?
1: And the diet, I think. I mean, we had lockdown here for four months and I know a lot of people drank a lot of and ate a lot of tomatoes. Yeah, just
0: kidding. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah, uh, definitely both. Um, anyone would tell you if you've been through grief, uh, like a massive shock or something, either your mm-hmm. period will suddenly come or it won't come at all. You know, it's one or the other. And lockdown, definitely. I'm, I'm writing a book right now where I'm having 100 conversations Ooh. with 100 people about periods. And I'm about halfway through the research and almost every woman has told me a lockdown story of that period, like well, every woman who currently bleeds at least. Um, it's just everyone's cycles were out of whack then because of stress, because of changes to life, because of uh, maybe getting up at like six to do the commute and then getting back late and maybe staying up really late. Whereas if you're working from home, maybe you got up a bit later, maybe you went to bed at a different time. That affects it too. Mm-hmm. But definitely diet and stress, the two biggies, definitely.
0: Definitely. That's what I was thinking. So, where can um, everybody find you to maybe book a session or do you have classes? Yeah.
1: So, um, so my website is uk, and although I'm in the UK obviously these days everyone does everything through Zoom. Um, Absolutely. We can find a time it's fine. Um, so at the moment on there I have the one-to-one sessions. So the moon cycles I coach for eight week blocks. Um, so two full moon cycles and you can choose to do longer. And the menstrual cycles I do three um, cycles. So well, effectively, so 12-week blogs. I also have a Facebook group called Empower Your Cycle. And on there, we go through kind of four or five-week rotations of the moon or the menstrual cycle, and we kind of switch between the two. So we're just finishing a block of menstrual cycle, and we're going to start on the moon again. Um, In January, I am doing um, a challenge kind of thing, challenge week in that group where we're we going to do it around the moon and moon cycles. And um, I'll be launching a group coaching program in January as well for moon cycles. So if you're interested in doing it as a group of women together, it's not so individualized. You know, we, we don't go so in-depth for each person because just not you can't do that in a group.
2: Um, right. So, you
1: know, obviously if you're wanting something very bespoke niche to you, then the one-to-one is definitely a way to go. But if you like the idea of doing something as a group, um, then I'm going to be doing a group. Um, coaching program starting in January.
0: Fabulous. Thank you so much. This was very educational and I really enjoyed it. That's Thank cool. you very much for taking the time.
1: That's okay. It was really great talking to you, Davina. It was really nice.
0: Thank you so much, Amy. We'll be in touch.
1: Okay. Take care. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye.
2: Bye. Let's take a short break. I wanted to talk about obviously i'm all for small female run businesses and i have to shout out to lola's in new jersey that's at lola's nj on instagram it's run by melanie gibson she is 23 years old and she owns her own business she carries the cutest sets the best sets for your work from home wardrobe best accessories all designer inspired great jewelry at affordable prices and she supports other female-owned businesses obviously i had to get behind that and i had to collaborate with her so shop lolasnj.com or go on instagram and tell her i sent you enjoy happy shopping